This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, hopefully you already listened to our podcast that we've posted with Jamal St. Cyr from News 4 Jacks down in Jacksonville as we look at all the games that impact the Steelers this weekend. Coming up in just a little bit on the podcast, we're going to post Jeremy Kahn as well. Uh, He covers the Baltimore Ravens and You've heard him from 105.7, the fan down in Baltimore. He joins me all the time to talk about Ravens, Steelers whenever they play. And this guy joins me all the time to talk about Bills and Steelers when they play. Maybe even Sabres and Penguins uh, Ah. when they play. It's Sal Capaccio joining me, as always, from WGR in Buffalo. Sal, good to catch up with you again. How you doing? I'm doing well. First of all, Jeremy's great. We've had him on, too. And, um, you know, it's it's, it's an honor to be on. And sharing this space with him. <laughs> yeah, Sabres, Penguins, that's right. But not much to talk about the Sabres. Pretty disappointing. And then, Tim, I mean, we might actually, you and I might actually have to talk about Syracuse football at some point. It's pretty amazing what's going on over there with uh, Coach Brown. Uh, I'd rather talk about the football team than the basketball team after that second yeah. half against Duke, that's for sure. No doubt about it, buddy. We actually went to the uh, game against Pitt. We were there. I took my son to the um, JMA Wireless Dome. We had tickets uh, pretty much behind the bench, and it was it was a great time. And Really good atmosphere. The only unfortunate part now, fortunately and unfortunately, is my 10-year-old son wants to go to Syracuse now, which is like $80,000 a year and up (laughs) compared to like, so I keep telling him, okay, buddy, just make sure you get very good at lacrosse. That's all I have to say. Well, everybody keeps asking me about McCore. Like, what do you think? What do you think about him him coming from Ohio State? And I said, I don't know, but I know he's better than anything else we would have had. So no uh, doubt about it. That's where my head is on the whole topic. But yeah, I'm going to be out there for the opener against Ohio. My girlfriend's a Bobcat, so we're going to go out for <laughs> game one next year. Lots to get to between now and then on the NFL side. For your guys in Buffalo, the Bills, they're going to take on Miami. And the Steelers will have long since played their game by that point. This game, by the time it's kicked off for Pittsburgh, might mean nothing if the Steelers manage to beat the Ravens. 
and if the Jaguars somehow lose to the Titans, but I don't think that's going to be the case, at least in the middle part. The Steelers could and should, I would think, beat Baltimore's backups, but they've lost to them before, as recently as 2019, in a somewhat similar situation. I just don't see Tennessee having enough to beat Jacksonville. So it might come down to Sunday night. Great job by the NFL keeping everybody up until the last game, the last moment of the last game, to see who gets into the AFC because there's so many permutations that rely on this contest. Tell you what, Sal, let's add, let's, let me just start with this. In terms of if you were a Steeler fan, okay, which outcome would you think is the least likely to happen for the Steelers? Them beating the Ravens themselves, the Titans upsetting the Jaguars, or the Dolphins beating the Bills? The one I'd be least confident is probably actually the Dolphins beating the Bills. And I don't say that from a Buffalo perspective here being on the radio with you. What I say that from is just the matchup. Look, the Bills have owned the Dolphins over the last several years, especially since Josh Allen came in. They beat the heck out of them week four. The week after the Dolphins scored 70 points, the Bills won 48 to 20. And the Dolphins are decimated with injuries right now, Tim. I mean, they're decimated. There's going to be no – we know Bradley Chubb's now gone. There's no Jalen Phillips. In this game, no Xavier Howard. Jalen Waddell's going to probably be out. Raheem Mostert didn't practice again today. And here come the Bills who are pretty healthy, actually, considering what they went through earlier in the season. And the Bills have to win. I mean, they have to win the game. Their backs are against the wall. Miami does not have to win this game. They're in the playoffs no matter what. This is for the AFC East title. It's for the two seed for both teams. Yes, that means a lot. But I think there's extra juice for the Bills because Miami can actually say, look, we just don't want to push it with some of these guys where the Bills have to basically go balls to the wall. Now, if Miami were to lose this game, they're the six, correct? That's right. Yes. So the prospect exists that they could play again next week with the Bills as the two if it falls that way? No, the six would go at the three. If Miami I'm sorry, loses, the six, okay, going, that's right. That's that, right. They're going to Kansas City. There is a there is a possibility, though, if it falls right, for the Bills to be the seven and go to Miami at the two two weeks in a row. So you'd play this week in the finale and then next week again in Miami. But if Miami loses this game, they're playing at Kansas City, which is a twofold thing here, which for the Bills, you look at it this way. The Bills would have a home game, obviously, to start the playoffs and another if they win. But they'd also get rid of one of those teams early on, which would be Miami or Kansas City, because one of them would have to win, obviously, and the other would be knocked out. I was one who didn't really buy into the Dolphins' hype as much as it was being trumpeted early in the off season, like you know, August and, and coming into the preseason, and, and by the time the regular season started, I was I was skeptical. I, I thought they might be the second team from the East in after the Bills. I sort of expected the Bills to backslide some. I didn't expect them to backslide to the point that they'd lose the division. Uh, being where they are right now, I'm not as stunned as some are about the Bills situation. The Dolphins did surprise me that they were as good as they were or have been as good as they have been at times. But when they've been bad, like that's the reason why I thought they still might be a fringe playoff team, like maybe a wild card team. And that that's still, it, it's a circuitous route to get there, but it still might play out that way. Yeah, and you know, Tim, I mean, if you look at it, really, the Dolphins, up until the Dallas Cowboys game, they had not beaten a team with a current winning record that late in the year. They've beaten one team this year, one, with a current winning record. That is the Dallas Cowboys when the Cowboys, you know, screwed up on the goal line or whatever. But, hey, give Miami credit. They beat them. I think a lot of it is they fattened up on bad teams. 
and then they've lost to teams that are better than them. Now, that doesn't mean they can't beat the Bills. That doesn't mean they can't beat teams that are better than them, but it just hasn't happened this year. They have the kind of team that they're, you know, good enough to just run away because they're explosive and dynamic enough from some of those teams. But when they play the better teams, the better coaches, the better depth, I think that catches up with them a little bit. And then they have had injuries. I think that's really the big deal, too, for them. Over the last several weeks, the last uh, couple of months, they've been dealing with so many injuries, especially since Black Friday when they lost Jalen Phillips. And now they're out Bradley Chubb, the top two pass rushers. They just can't get a pass rush right now without them. And that leaves their secondary exposed. And now their secondary is banged up as well. So it's a tough task, I think, for Miami, no doubt. And then you look at their whole season. I still give credit. Mike McDaniel, I think, is a really, really fine coach. I like what he brings. I like his attitude, his demeanor, things like that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, Miami's probably a team that their record is a little inflated by, by who they played. And the Bills, yep, the Bills have definitely slipped a little bit here, especially offensively and against. It's the opposite. The Bills actually have lost to teams they shouldn't have. They lost to the Jets. They lost to the Patriots, right? I mean, they almost lost again to the Patriots, the Chargers. They lost to the Broncos. But then here they go. They beat the Dallas Cowboys. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They win the games, and they beat the Miami Dolphins. So it's funny how the Bills actually have had a little bit of a opposite type of season and one thing the bills have done really well here is they were very banged up after weeks four and five they lose Tredavious white daquan jones and matt milano all in a two-week span they trade for russell douglas to help mitigate um for that for uh Tredavious white they finally got um daquan jones back and matt milano's <laughs> excuse me he's out for the season however tim they've done a great job of really kind of retooling that defense and getting back to one of the better defenses in the league they've really been relying on them lately so you said they could be the two, the six, or the seven, right, Buffalo? They can be the two, the six, and the or the seven. That's correct. Or out, right? Or out, or out. It's amazing. Who? When have you ever seen a team that can win a game to be the two and lose to be out? Yeah, that's crazy. And and one thing I wanted to follow up from that angle on is, so what would put them in a position then to be facing elimination? Like the Steelers would have to win for them to be facing elimination, correct? So yeah, it's a good question. For them to be facing elimination, both the Steelers and Jags have to win. Okay. If the Steelers lose or the Jags lose, the Bills are in before they even kick off Sunday night. If both those teams win, it is a playoff game for the Bills. I mean, obviously the Steelers are rooting for Miami just about any way, but if the Jags win, then it definitely comes down to Miami beating the Bills, and then the Bills are all the more motivated because if they lose, they're cooked. Right, so I would say this. If you're a Steelers fan, obviously the Steelers need to win. Root for the Titans, because if the Titans win, the Bills are in. So I'm not saying they would lay off a little bit. They're not going to do that. They're going to want the championship, but they can breathe a sigh of relief and maybe. Well, if the Titans win, then they're in anyway, and then that game becomes moot for the Steelers. There you go. I think at that point, then, the only thing that matters is if the Steelers get the six or the seven. I, I think there's a combination and involves Buffalo losing. That's right. So. The other part is, you know, then you start thinking about opponents and then you start thinking about schedules. Yeah. One thing we're wondering about here is, so Bills play late Sunday night and you think, okay, they get on a plane late, they come back from Miami. Let's say they, they're in the playoffs, whatever, whatever city they are, they come back. I mean, that's a long flight. I'm not going to walk in my door. I fly with the team. I'm not going to walk into my door until probably four in the morning, to be quite honest with you, on Monday morning. So you'd think, okay, the league then, they, they can't put them on Saturday, right? The next week, that would be a disadvantage. But Tim, I went back and looked. It's wild. The last two times a team played on Sunday night and made the playoffs, the league put them on Saturday the next week in the first round. Was the Steelers one of them? No, it was the Raiders when they beat the Chargers. Oh, the, that's and right. It was, yep. And it was the Commanders. They got in and they played the Bucks. That was Brady's Super Bowl year. Now, I don't know if the 
league would still do it with the Bills in this situation because they're flying so far back, and it's a it's you'd have literally like three days to prepare. But I would also say the Steelers do have kind of a bit of advantage here because they're playing Saturday, so they do get that extra Sunday rest no matter who they play the following week. Yeah, and from a Steelers point of view, matching up against the Buffalo, excuse me, the Baltimore backups, it, it gives me a sense of confidence, especially if Jackson is the main one that's not going to play and he's already been ruled out of this. But I've seen them lose to Baltimore's backups before. So I tend to be like you, Sal. I, I don't have much faith that the Dolphins are going to pull this one off. You know, you talked about it a little bit before, but like when, when Buffalo's been right, and, you know, aside from the games that they've lost to teams they shouldn't have lost to, what has made them right and, and what has caused them to lose the games that they weren't supposed to lose and they dropped anyway? What makes them right is obviously, A, Josh Allen being on in the passing game. And that's been a little bit off lately, to be quite honest with you. But I, I would say even even James Cook being involved there and as a runner, like when, when they have things going, like they're just a well-balanced team. Tim. They've done a nice job, actually, of kind of building the team where they don't have to rely just on Josh to be Superman. You know the talk last few years, Josh Allen's got to do everything. That's not the case this year. James Cook's number three in the league in rushing. Number five in total yards from scrimmage. He's very good with the ball in his hands as a runner. He's very good catching the ball out of the backfield. Like, when they're right, they're doing everything like that. They're taking – I mean, the, the Cowboys game, James Cook was a monster on the ground. Josh threw the ball 15 times, and they scored 30-plus points. So when they're right, they're like that. But, of course, they're even another level when Josh takes it up. When Josh is throwing – and, you know, darts and lasers and 300 yards and a couple touchdowns, they're just really hard to beat. But you know how they've lost this year, actually? And this is why I have a little more confidence right now than even those losses, because it's when the defense wasn't quite right and they were dealing with injuries. And they were trying to figure it out. The defense actually blew several games. Let's think about it. The Bills had the lead. They go and they, they didn't play a good game at New England, but they take the lead late. And then Mac Jones drives down for a game winning touchdown. They didn't play well Monday night against the Denver Broncos, but they had the lead. The Broncos come down, kick the winning field goal to beat the Bills on Monday night football. Opening night, they have Zach Wilson playing against the Jets. Josh Drew's interceptions, but they still had the lead, but they gave up the lead. Now, that could have been on the offense, too. And then the Eagles game. Remember, they go to Philadelphia. They play a really good game. Josh Allen actually walks off the field in overtime with the lead, but the Eagles come down, and they wind up scoring to win. Since then, though, I think this defense is playing, again, at a really, really high level and that's what's kind of carried them. They have not had those same mistakes. They've been able to close out games the way they should and want to close out games. So, Sal, last thing then, uh, barring an in-game injury to Josh Allen, if they are to be susceptible to this banged-up Dolphins team for the reasons we just talked about, how injury-addled they are, uh, where can they still bite Buffalo potentially and pull off the win? Big plays. I mean, that's what the Dolphins specialize in. Now, the Bills typically don't give up a lot of big plays, but the Dolphins can do it. They're, if there's one team that you, you – it, all it takes is Tyreek Hill to get behind you a couple times. All it takes is uh, Devon Achan to, to bust a, off a 70-yard run. It is big plays, but it's also on the Bills' side holding on to the ball. Now, I know Josh Allen has a lot of turnovers, right? It's the Josh Allen experience. You, you have to deal with those if you're going to get the great Josh Allen. He has thrown an interception – in I think all but two games this year, but he hasn't thrown multiple picks since they changed offensive coordinators back after the Denver Broncos Monday night game in October. So um, I, I think that that's a big deal too. Like if, if they can just hold on to the ball and not give Tua and that offense, any extra opportunities, they'd be susceptible. If the bills give them extra opportunities. That's not a good recipe, but I think it's big plays. I think the dolphins, if the Dolphins have to go 8-10 plays, Tim, I, I think I like the Bills' chances that they're not going to be able to continue to capitalize and outscore the Bills. I think the Bills will score points. 
I think that Miami has to go for the big play, try and get some chunk plays, and try and keep up with them. Well, you know what? Jacksonville could get upset by Tennessee, and all this on Sunday night can be nothing for the Steelers except for maybe playoff positioning, and that would be great. And maybe I could go to bed a little bit earlier, but I don't think it's going to come down to that. Uh, I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter of Dolphins-Bills with the Steelers' playoff fate in the Miami hands. And uh, that's the thing that worries me the most. So I, I do think that Pittsburgh wins against the Baltimore backups. I don't have faith in Tennessee. And then I think it comes down to Miami. And, and sadly, I, I think Buffalo wins this one. Well, then I guess you'd say definitely root for the Titans in that case. And I did find it. You're right. The Steelers can be the six while the Bills are the seven. But in both those cases, it's got to be Steelers win, Dolphins win, but then you got to have the Titans beat the Jags. And then that scenario... Either, however, the Texans Colts game wouldn't matter. But yeah. in that scenario, Steelers win, Dolphins win, Titans win, Steelers get the sixth seed. Yeah. And then the Bills at that point would know that they're at least in, but they still want to win the division yes. and play at home in every game. But what would then be the AFC championship in Baltimore? That's correct? right. Yeah. That's so. right. That's exactly right. All right, Sal. Well, if nothing else, enjoy the trip to Miami. You get down from Buffalo to Miami in the middle of January. That's not a bad thing, right? Hey, I had L. I had L. A. Uh, right before Christmas. Now I get Miami right here after New Year's. I'm <laughs> I'm loving it. And then there's going to be a real, as you know. I mean, Steelers fans travel as good as anybody in the league, you know, and and you know that, and Bills fans do too. And projections are from vivid seats. Not kidding you, kidding you, Tim. The story today is projection are over half of that stadium might be Bills fans with the secondary market and the way it's trending and where tickets are being bought. Wow. Wow. That's all Steelers fans need to hear is Buffalo might also have a home field advantage on the road. Yeah, that's right. that's the last go. thing in the world that Steelers fans need to hear. All right, Sal, thanks a bunch. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll catch up again in the postseason. We'd love to, buddy. Happy New Year to you. Sal Capaccio from WGR in Buffalo. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.